This is for the nerds, this is for the brainiacs, this is what we deserve Go ahead and play it back, you ain't gonna touch me You not gonna do nothing, you are not above me I bet you wish you was me, I know that I know Back to the Only Friends podcast. Man, I almost said Burke because uh, you didn't say unmuting mics, but I saw you click a button, mm. so I thought that's what it was. Nope, nope. I'm sure still getting used to this. It's hard, man. It's hard being the uh, being the Guapo of the group. You gotta be the Guapo and the Berkey. I don't want to be Guapo anymore. No, I know. Come back, Guapo. Please come back. God damn it. Okay, we're gonna try this again. Welcome to another episode of the Only Friends podcast. Apologies for the mute. Thank God for the chat. Appreciate you guys. Uh, we have a fun show for you guys today. It's going to be a big catch up from the weekend. Not a whole lot of poker. Uh, I played a little bit yesterday. Brian, I'm sure, made his way to the jewel. I was at there some all point. weekend. Were you really? Yeah. <laughs> Grinding? Yeah. How'd they go? It went good. It went well. Yeah. We, won. we had one losing session. Okay. We had two winning sessions. And we profited for the weekend. So, yeah, feeling good. Okay. What's profit? Um, Talk to me. Give me the hard numbers. I think I ended up winning. Uh, let's see. I won. I won like three fifty the first day. Lost six hundred the second day, and I won a thousand yesterday. So I don't know. What is that? Seven hundred fifty bucks. Real brain buster, huh? Yeah. It sounds like more than seven hundred fifty bucks. You won a thousand? No, I won three fifty. Yeah. Then I lost six hundred. Oh, you lost six hundred. Yeah, and then I won a thousand. What happened, Tort? Oh, I just um. Yeah, it was weird. It was like uh, it was one of those days where you just lose every pot you play. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It was like it was like a hundred at a time. I just kept reloading for a hundred, reloading for a hundred, reloading for a hundred. I don't I don't miss playing in capped games mm -hmm. for that exact reason. Something about uh, topping off gives me anxiety. Yeah. Like I don't like I don't like that notion of like you know. Reaching your pocket, I know, and get one I know, black chip. I know. Putting it on the table, or me like, and this guy uh, <laughs> who plays there all the time. He watches the pod. Um, he we, shout out the guy who plays there all the time. Yeah, shout out to Ron. He, um, he, you know, we have this joke where it's like I'm, I'm keeping the uh, the, the chip runners in business because mm. they just have to keep running back and forth, and, and you know, keeping them in shape, and they're getting exhausted because they have to keep running back to the cage, and getting me more chips. Bro, why don't you just? Get a bunch of black chips. I do. I do. I, I, I have been lately. Oh, so, so. You're, getting, you're getting really fucked. No, no. I'm just saying that, like, lately I have right. been doing that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you don't. I don't know. Do you, do you ever have the, the talk with the table where it's like, adding on 100, I'm north, like, 20 bucks here? No. No, you just, you just slyly do it? Yeah, I'm, I'm usually not. I usually don't. How far north will you let yourself go before you feel like you're committing a crime? Uh, as much as the dealer will let me get okay. away with. <laughs> I like that answer. That's, that's a very respectable answer. Um, yeah, I, I mean, even when I was playing capped games, I was still kind of like playing a lot of uncapped games at the time. So like mm -hmm. when we first moved here, uh, Venetian 510 was like the spot and it was an uncapped game. So you could just sit wherever you wanted. I was used to buying them pretty deep, whatever. Um, but then there would be times where you'd go somewhere else. You'd go to like Bellagio and it was 1K cap. And I played that game quite frequently, the 510 1K cap. And I just remember 
hating everything about like the restriction and how anal the the regs were about it because i don't i don't think it matters Mm -hmm. that much you know what i mean it's like if i have 940 in my stack and i want to top off i shouldn't have to take 40 dollars. like you know who cares right but i get it within the letter of the law type of stuff Mm -hmm. uh i was i was so miserable about like always pushing the envelope with so it's funny because like a lot of people would go south whenever they got moved from like the uh the must move to the main mm-hmm. you'd see a lot of people like just when they're moving to the main a bunch of fucking 1k's going to yeah. the park not me baby <laughs> not me. i was yeah every time i made it to the main game i had like 8k in front of yep. me i don't know how that <laughs> happened but it's funny too because some dealers are like you know they don't care and then some are super strict like obviously if you're like egregious they're all going to be like hey like you know it's 600 yeah. cap but like someone will be like you have like five dollars extra be like you kind of take that five dollars off like it's like come on like is it really gonna make that big i mean tipping chips definitely can't matter right you would think you would think one would think it reminds me i, I wasn't i wasn't gonna play this but now i have to um marley did a skit that just came out today that just absolutely nails this mm-hmm. uh let me see if i can do my best guapo impersonation here okay all right, I the think I got. Screen is on me. Uh, yeah, I know. Okay, I got it. Just okay, sure. Yeah, there we go. No, yeah. Good. The clock's running. I can't deal until I get my blinds out. English only at the table. Honey pie, when you have cards, I need your phone away. Honey, I need those big chips on top. No, not on the side. No, 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 in front, honey. Honey, I'm stopping the game. Okay, listen. Everybody, big chips need to be on top. Hey, sweet chicks in the five seat, give this man some change. Big blind, small blind. Big blind, small blind. Big and small. I need a big and small. I need a, my big and I need my small. Big and small. No, I need my big and I need my small. I need big and small here. I need big and small. What is that? A coffee? Well, does it need to be dealt in or can I get off my fucking table? Thank you. Language. Honey pie, when you have cards, I need your phone away. Honey, your phone. Well, I stopped the deal because C5 had his phone out. <laughs> Marty, I'm gonna need a fill in 18 minutes. Marty. We have four. <laughs> players we need that can yep needs to be visible thank you and actions here actions here actions here action and actions here okay you've already acted right actions here actions here actions here it's not on you wait till your turn actions here okay now you can go no push Miranda I'm in 45 seconds here come on I need a fucking push Oh man, so good, it's so good. So I didn't know Marissa Tomei was a DF poker dealer. Yeah, now you know. Uh, <laughs> the The coffee line was oh man, really good, man. Yeah. The <laughs> what's that on the table? Coffee? Does it need to be down in or can you get it off my fucking table? <laughs> so good. Oh, nice job, Marley. Marley. Amazing. I mean, it, it is funny. Like some dealers are just so strict to like, and then some just you know, like I guess it's just. You know, different personality types. You're going to have different, uh, different, well, uh, you, you know, know there are different they... levels to the job description, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, that's for sure. And there was a guy at Bellagio, uh, by the way, like, comment, subscribe if you haven't already. There was a guy who dealt with Bellagio years, years. I couldn't believe he kept his job. <laughs> he was, he looked like Putty from uh, Seinfeld, like spitting image of Putty. Um, Amazing, but he was the slowest human. I mean, you think you're slow as a tortoise? This man would pitch like one card at a time. You don't want to make a mistake, man. And you know? he was like, you know, asleep 
most of the time <laughs> while at the table, mm-hmm. uh, which was just, you know, completely and utterly insufferable. Mm-hmm. And made tons of mistakes. Like, just was just an awful, awful dealer. Dealt there for like 10 years. And then you get these other guys where it's like, you know, especially like when you're playing a little bit higher, uh, you're accustomed to, you know, kind of policing your own environment or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll be in there and they'll just like, like what Marley was kind of demonstrating, like what they'll hold the deal. Nothing drives players more oh insane. It's like, just deal the cards. Yeah. Right. Whenever you like, turn the blinds like, will go up. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's a tournament. I can't duck them. Yeah. Oh, the tournament is the worst, right? Yeah. They're like, the, the, like I understand like a cash game because it's just like, you know, you deal the guy in, he's like, I wanted to sit out. And then you got to like, and then miss deal and do all this stuff and be like, no, you are the three. And it becomes like this whole argument. But like in a tournament, it's just like, well, they they have to go up. So just deal. They'll, they'll eventually go in. Yeah. Yeah. It's be like, uh, I can't deal unless I have blinds out. Like, yeah, yeah, you can. The, the funny thing is like, <laughs> I get it. I get it because like then when a mistake happens, it's their fault. Right. So it's like cover your own ass. I completely mm-hmm. understand. It's the over policing that does it for me. Like the World Series too. There's always like, you know, it's a bunch of new dealers. You got to be. You got to give them some leniency and everything, right. but um, you're in a situation where it's like you're allowed to play WSOP mobile while at the table, mm-hmm. but yet there'll be like 10% of dealers that just have anxiety if your phone is up yeah. during a hand. And I get like, man, it's never been a harder, it's never been a stranger time, I guess, to attempt to police poker environments due to the level of cheating that has been like taking place right and the ease of it and the irony is that like i don't think the level of cheating has actually gotten like any greater than it had in the past i think like you know by and large uh there's always been people who are trying to game the system and find ways to take advantage of others Mm -hmm. but now because technology is involved we have this like deep-seated fear that somebody's doing something super sharp with a simple tool like a phone or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's strange because it's so heavily policed in tournaments and in cash, it's just a non-issue. Like whatever, yeah. Like you could literally have your phone up texting mm-hmm. in the hand and like no one can. <laughs> and I don't think one is necessarily better than the other, but it's the it's the inconsistency between the two that is so mind-numbing to me. Mm-hmm. I, I'm used to playing 12-hour sessions where I'm spending half of it on my phone. And I go and sit in a boring fucking tournament where I have 12 blinds in front of me and I'm getting <laughs> yelled at because I'm scrolling Twitter while I'm folding. It's like, leave me alone, man. I don't like my job either. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is terrible. Yeah. Uh, big shout-out to Nikki. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk a lot more about this tomorrow, but she ended up shipping the... Uh, I guess it was a non-daily daily. No, it was yeah, it was part of the signature series at the win. Okay, what what is the signature series? So they just run the signature series like that's their signature series, Burke. Jeez, it's help, a signature. Help me. No, so they run it. They run like I don't know, a few times a year, four or five times a year, or something like okay. that. Similar Burke. to like Deep Stack and Venetian or whatever. Yeah, similar to that, okay. I think. But like, I think there's uh, not quite as many events. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, they're smaller buy-ins. Nothing like nothing crazy. Okay. Um, This was a oh my. Okay, I just realized this. She didn't actually win with pocket fives. 
That's just her favorite hand. Oh, it is? Yeah, she Jeremy Beckard this shit. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the thing. You can yeah. you can pick whatever two, two cards you want. I, uh, Good I th- job, Nikki. Yeah, congratulations, Nikki. We're proud of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the I, Academy run good. She came to the Academy, and now look. That's, that, that is also it true. Really? Uh, Shout out to Manny. He won. He won a... Uh, he won a Venetian um, deep stack yeah, event. I think, it, I think it was a bounty event, maybe. Let's see. I'll pull it up. Yeah. We got uh, deep stack epic bounty. Uh, yeah. Epic bounty. 20K guarantee. He comes to the that. academy the next day, just ships a tournament. I'm not saying it's a coincidence, but I'm saying it's not a coincidence. I'm not saying it's a coincidence either. Uh, <laughs> I'm also not saying we did anything tournament related. <laughs> Doesn't matter, man. It's the confidence of coming That's right. here. You know what you could do in a, a lot of this four hundred dollar bounty event? Mm-hmm. Play Chippy V. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. What were you gonna say? A lot of what? No, I was gonna say a lot. A lot of what we do. I mean, we're t- you know it's a cash game, so we're teaching Chippy V. Um, so you know a lot like the first half of the tournament. That's how you should be playing. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, I'm very convinced based off of the lack of prize pool information stated and the size of that trophy that Nikki is more proud of the win signature series trophy than whatever prize pool it was that she took down. She got 6k. Oh, 6k is nice. She said it was a small, it was like the smallest buy-in. I think it was $160 buy-in. Mm. But 6k. 6k really is nice. Yeah. 6k is real nice. We'll take 6k. Hell yeah. That trophy's nice. I mean that everyone, everybody, like I think if anybody wants any trophy that is just given out in Vegas, that's the one. Right? I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, the Brigada ripped them off. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. I saw that sharp. Yeah. They, uh, <laughs> You're like, this is the greatest trophy ever. Like, well, let's just duplicate it. I'm right? Gonna, yeah. Let me see if I can find. Yeah. Let me see if I can find this one. It was I mean, the Brigada is nice too. You know, it, it's, it's the, the, uh, the Brigada building is not quite as nice as the win. I mean, really? What? Really? What? I I kind of disagree. Oh, that, that that is nice. That's nice. Oh, it's clear. I think the clearness of it is. Well, I, I think the win trophy is better for what it's worth. But I think the Brigada, like hotel and building, the, right, is more attractive in real life. In real life, wow, I really like the in win. real life, not Maybe. in trophy form. Okay. Because, you know, got the purple lights. Mm-hmm. and does you know. have the purple lights. is nice, yeah. yeah. You just see it when you're rolling into that mm-hmm. fucking dump of AC. I, I was going to say, maybe it's because, you know, you're comparing it to the rest of AC. Well. Right? So it's it's kind of like, uh, you know, it's, it's it's like the jewel of the south, right? Oh, there's nothing, right, right. There's nothing right, right. around the jewel. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. darkness, and then it's just glistening. <laughs> Right, and it's kind of similar <laughs> out there in Vergata, right? But when you're right, on the strip, yeah. right, yeah, you're no, on the yeah. strip, and you got Aria, uh-huh. and you got uh-huh. yeah, you yeah. know Venetian right there, and you right. got Bellagio, you got all these really nice, awesome casinos, mm-hmm. you know, resorts is right there, and then so the wind doesn't it stand, blends, it, it blends, blends in a little bit more, you know, as a, much, right? But I mean, you put that next to Bergata, right? No, we even look at Bergata. Really, that's what I think. I don't know, man. But you're right. You're right. You put either of them next to fucking the Taj. <laughs> <laughs> they look like a goddamn right. modern mm-hmm. Marvel. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I, I mean, look, I think it's smart. You have mm-hmm. a nice building. You turn that building into a trophy. I'm so jealous that Nikki has one and I don't. You know who? I'm going to have to start playing more. You know who else does this that we don't like give them shit because at first that wasn't the, the shape of their building is the hard rock. Oh, they give the guitar, guitar trophy. Now right? that's cool. Now that's a cool building. Yeah, yeah. We're about to have one. I know. 
it's uh 2028 i think is the projection or maybe i'm maybe i'm confusing that with the a's um uh, but the mirage is getting torn down soon yeah the tropicana I, is getting torn down soon <laughs> i would say that that we're gonna get the guitar before we get the a stadium okay yeah i i heard 2028 for one of the projections that's definitely the a's okay yeah okay well that's so. not that far away it's only four years we'll be here before you know it god i can't believe i've been in vegas this long it's really <laughs> so long it's really quite sad yeah it just get, means we're old get me out here was it billy madison me <laughs> get uh why don't you tell the people why you were late today Hmm? Why don't you tell the people why you were late today? It's getting shredded, man. Yeah, getting shredded. Getting freaking shredded. Delayed the entire podcast 15 Sorry. minutes. Sorry. You know, listen, man. I used to do half-hour workouts. Okay. They're not enough anymore. I just, you know, <laughs> it's too easy. I don't even break a sweat. So now I had to move the hour, the P90X2. Right. So I'm doing the hour workouts. Fuck. Arr. Let me tell you. They're tough. <laughs> that extra half hour, really. By the end, I'm dead. Listen. Are they tough or was P90X3 just easy? Uh, P90X3 was not easy. Fuck until I, you. I've until, done it. It's a warm-up. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> sure, it's easy for you, who's someone who's been, you know, literally consistently working out. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. For, you know, the better part of a half century. <laughs> <laughs> true. right so like uh for someone like me who's like you know very sporadic in my uh workout routines mm -hmm. yeah p9x was three was tough until i did it a, a bunch of times right, then it right, yeah. didn't get so tough anymore yeah so now we go move on to p9x2 and it's it's longer and harder the, the work i did is called plyo side okay i like you that know? Plyo side, like yeah, like, yeah you're gonna suicide. do plyo, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. and that's I, I wanted to die by the end of it. <laughs> Are we getting progress picks out of uh, this? Like, no, I didn't take any. I, I figured, on, I figured, I'd just take the end result. Oh yeah, yeah, how fucking convenient. Yeah. <laughs> uh, why don't you do seventy five hard with me? Too much, not enough time. I come on, it's too much of a commitment. I, it's I not that much more fucking rules, and I gotta fucking it's read. <laughs> you could stand to read a little bit more, buddy. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, coming from the guy who just I listen to audiobook. That's my reading. Mm -hmm. Like I might as well listen to podcasts. What the fuck's the difference? I'm dying right now for a totally different reason. Uh, Guapo has his WhatsApp up. Oh no, I heard a ding. I'm fucking dead. No, don't, don't, don't I'm do it to him. No, I never would. It's just, it's very funny to me. Uh, oh, man, it's Why very. Why don't you funny. log out of that for for his sake? <laughs> Jesus Christ, for Guapo. Come home, Guapo, please, please. He's like stranded somewhere in the middle of where the fuck are they? Uh Thailand, Thailand. and then going to Malaysia, maybe. How long are they gone? Uh, three and a half months. Also, by the no, way, getting two back, weeks. Getting back to the seventy-five hard. It's yeah. it's not that many more rules. You just have to drink water. I do that already. Yeah, you're a tortoise. You hydrate. <laughs> we have to. We're in a desert, right? Yeah. You hydrate. Right. You have to read ten pages. Now I understand. That's, that's a solid take, hour. That's gonna for take you. me an hour and a half. <laughs> right. I, I get it. Like, uh, but you know, you can I read like Conrad. <laughs> No, that's not true. No, not that bad. You're slower. <laughs> wow. But, you know, you can pace it. You can, you can read a page an hour, right? Like, just really absorb the content throughout the course of Listen, the day. Listen, man, when the hell am I going to have time to do all this shit? It's Two not, workouts. No, no. Reading. Look, 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 look. It, it's, it's one workout which you're already doing. Okay. So two workouts. It is, but it's one workout that you're already doing. Okay. Okay. And then a 45-minute touch grass routine. 
of some sort. So you could just walk your dogs. Yeah. And they need to be walked, Brian. You're neglecting the pups. Uh, true. Yeah. See, a little <laughs> Ollie Pop. He could use oh. a little walk every day. Well, 45 minutes. Yeah, I'm sure he does. He does. We yeah. Throw the ball back and forth. Well, about you, guys can, times. you guys could join in, in union getting your exercise, mm. right? Yeah. And most importantly, would have. When do I do it? At night? When it's dark out? The walk? Yeah. Oh, no. They're coyotes. That's what I'm saying. No, you don't want to go at night. Right. Well, I can't. First do- thing in the morning. First thing in the morning, I'm, yeah. I, that's when I work out. No, before that. We got to get your Huberman. Then it's dark out. <laughs> what time you wake up? Seven. <laughs> it's dark. That's, I wake up right when the sun comes up. <laughs> like a good tortoise. All right, perfect. Perfect. <laughs> we'll get your Huberman routine in here yeah. then. What you're going to do is you're going to go outside barefoot. Okay? All right. And you're going to let the sun hit you right directly in the eyes. And then you're going to strap up them dogs and you're walking for 45 minutes. Then you're going to come uh, back and you're going to listen to Tony Third Horton. nightmare, one by, one by themselves. Walking them both together would be... They're just colliding to each other. <laughs> shit would be all twisted. This is, this is exactly why you don't get uh, stuffed animal just dogs. let me stick to my, yeah, my, yeah, my Tony right, Horton. Fine. You do your, your 75 hard. Maybe when I'm done with this and then do P90X1, mm-hmm. it's another 30 minutes added on to each... Uh, workout. Mm-hmm. Then I'll come. I'm 21 days in. How we doing? Down 21 pounds. What? 21 pounds. I weighed myself today. I was two pound or three. A day? That doesn't sound healthy. Well, I mean, I had a lot of excess weight. That's true. Uh, Maybe water I, I, weight too. Some, but not. Yeah, I mean, I'm still taking creatine, so I'm still retaining water. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I had a lot of weight to lose, so like, it, it won't, it won't be it, a pound a day any longer. Is it? Um, is it because of? The, the workouts are more strenuous or is it the, the calorie deficit or both? Uh, it's a big combination. So the I'm working out more, obviously. So I'm probably burning like 25% more calories than I had been. Mm-hmm. And then I'm eating at a caloric deficit that is meant to be 25%. So my maintenance calories are somewhere around like 1900 to 2K. Which is most people, right? Yeah, or depending on how on your, active you are. Yeah, right. I mean, for how active I am, that's low. But my metabolism isn't like mm-hmm. particularly fast. Right. Uh, I like to call it efficient, Brian. Mm-hmm. You know, very, very efficient. Very efficient. Uh, so it's like around 1900, 2K ish mm-hmm. to maintain. Um, so the idea was to eat like 1750 or so. Okay. Uh, or, or, or sorry, like, yeah, like 16 to 1700 calories. Okay. Um, basically eating like somewhere between a 10 and 20% deficit. And the idea would be like two or three pounds a week. Uh, based off of that but what i didn't realize is how much excess i was eating at so all i had focused on prior to this was protein i was eating 250 to 300 grams of protein a day but i wasn't concerning of i wasn't like the like worrying about any of the uh caloric consumption Mm -hmm. so i was eating a lot of like high protein high fat food yeah like Like, steak yeah like red meats and things like that Mm -hmm. so i was probably actually eating somewhere in the neighborhood of like 26 to 2800 calories a day okay so now my deficit is actually pretty significant so since i'm now eating like 16 to 1700 a day i'm actually at a deficit of like a thousand calories compared to what i was eating when i was bulking yeah uh which is substantial so obviously when you take when you cut your calories by 7k a week you lose weight really fast yeah uh now that i'm getting much closer to like my maintenance weight so i was 203 and a half today and i usually walk at around like 197 so like after the next five or six pounds, I'll basically be at what I would consider to be my normal homeostasis and it'll be a lot tougher to shed yeah. 
the last like four or five pounds. Have, but, you, have you noticed the difference in, I'm sure you noticed the yeah. difference in your body? Yeah, I was going through the, the picture start to finish yesterday. It's, it's hard because like I'm not an Instagram model, so I don't know how to, I don't know how to do <laughs> this. You're not. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how to like take good photos, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but I try to take like a pretty similar uh, two or three like angles per day. Um, and it just depends a little bit of, like on the angling, the lighting, whatever. But like I've noticed that like I've gotten slimmer, like just I'm built like a fridge, but like basically like just straight through my midsection, I've yeah. gotten a lot slimmer. Um, and I think my, you know, my arms are like the first thing to start to lean out. So mm-hmm. I'll start to see a difference there. But yeah, same. I've, I've noticed a lot slimmer myself. Yeah. The tortoise shell fits a little better. I'm starting to look like this, mm. but then right at the bottom it goes bloop. <laughs> right there's still that you know that bottom layer of yeah, your yeah. Uh, of your uh, abdomen yeah. that's always the toughest part so yeah. like but i certainly know some you know some indentations a okay. little bit there in the uh, in the stomach a little so. teardrop for you if you will yeah so you know we're working all right there's a lot of a lot of core a lot of ab work workout like built into the uh the p90x program yeah so it's just like you can feel the abs really really start really to pop getting their workout yeah. you know i hear you man yeah all right well i'm glad to see that you're on the grind trying I'm to stay on the grind myself i'm on well, grind in all aspects man. Uh, poker yeah working out yeah. eating healthy yeah running academies yeah i had two beers yesterday okay well that sets you back a bit what are you gonna do <laughs> do you was, budget for those was, beers yes okay i don't know you mean? don't know you don't watch me do budget for the beers they weren't they weren't that expensive <laughs> um all right well i need to budget for my time because i may be doing a little bit of traveling here uh as i mentioned we have a uh meetup game going on in montreal so i'm going to be heading there january 30th uh i'm going to be heading to playground casino in montreal uh and this is all going to be put on by wpt global so there are a lot of things to cover here uh first and foremost there are two wpt global online events to kick off the series that's today monday the 22nd tomorrow the 23rd uh it's a 22 dollar wptg winter classic event it's a ring event and then tomorrow is a 44 dollar wptg winter classic event number two also a ring event uh the meetup game as you see here is going to be on January 31st at Playground Casino. I highly encourage you guys all to come out, hang out with myself, Shuan Liu, uh, WPT Ambassador, or WPT Global Ambassador, uh, Ape Styles, John Van Fleet. He's going to be there as well. So be sure to come. There's going to be uh, $50 splash pots going into the bomb pot every hour. Uh, it looks like you are going to have to do some things in order to qualify for those splash pots. Uh, you must have a WPT Global account. That's all you need to do. No big deal. Not That's that it. tough. Yeah. Um, there's going to be a $3,000 last longer promotion on two key Winter Classic events. Uh, I believe this is the schedule of the Winter Classic at Playground. There's a 200K guarantee event number three, $350 mystery bounty with 11 start days and times. So you got plenty of time starting now to get out there and uh, fire a few shells into this event. It uh, looks like there's a promotion around it. The 3K lasts longer. There's also the 500K guarantee event number 13. That's the 1150 main event with three start days. For the last longer requirements, all you need is to have or create a new WPT Global account, make a deposit minimum $20 
in January or February, or having a minimum account balance of $500 USD. Uh, and then number three, wear a WPT global patch to be provided on site during the tournament. That will make you eligible for this last longer. And then I guess uh, it's just whoever makes it deepest in these events that qualifies. You get 3K? You get 3K. That's no joke. 3K is a nice little add-on yeah. there. Uh, there's also a $2,200 100K guarantee high roller that I will be playing in the fall... Uh, following the meetup game so that will be uh i think the first start day is january 31st uh the second one is maybe uh on the first let me see if it's on this schedule is that up there uh da, 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 da. no so i don't think it's actually on this schedule but um it is going to be the final event that they are running at the playground so be sure to download wpt global to play the daily satellites when you're way into the main event for as little as nine dollars and 35 cents uh, these will end on January 28th, but you can use them all week. Join myself and the other ambassadors for the meetup game. Use playground or sorry, use code playground to sign up for WPT global and get your entry into the online only events for free minimum deposit of hundred dollars or sorry for free. The minimum deposit is hundred dollars. Uh, as I mentioned, those ring events are today and tomorrow, the $22 WPG winter classic, uh, tomorrow's the $44 one. And finally, uh, join WPT Global and Playground for the 2024 Global Winter Classic live events from January 24th to February 4th. Uh, you can now head on over there. Uh, you can, sorry, you can click the link in the um, pinned comment to get more information on the Playground, or you can hit hashtag WPT Global to get more information for signups. Big shout out to them. Appreciate good, them bringing me out. Good news, Burke. Yeah. You got your reading in for the day. I think I think that covered <laughs> ten pages. I I do think that covered ten pages. I realize uh, now reading the red notes that Nikki left that uh, I included some things that I was probably supposed to hold off until Wednesday. But hey, hey you know what? Give them a little tease. That's a little fine. tease. Yeah. You know, it's fine. So you know. Montreal, huh? How's your French? <sighs> I had three, you... <laughs> I had three French phrases running through my head, yeah. and I couldn't get any of them out. Oh. I, I was. They're all too I, I, yeah. I can't pronounce them as the problem. I don't know that one. Sisqua. Sisqua. Yeah, uh, just from songs. Frere Jaca. Yeah. Frere Jaca. Frere. I don't know how this works, man. I, I only speak one language. I don't mm -hmm. even do that very well. Um, but you did. You, you're, you're set to go, right? You got your passport? Are you applied I, for it? Or you? I have it. Okay. I have it in hand. It was, uh, it was a real experience. Hey, got to do what you got to do. I had to... Okay, so there is a funny, uh, a very quick funny story to this. Um, big shout out to my assistant, Tammy. She handles all the, the details for this stuff. She asked me when I would be available to go for an appointment. It had to be Thursday or Friday because it has to be within a two-week window of you traveling. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, the Academy ends Wednesday, so like, let's do Friday to make sure I have time to get everything together. She's like, okay, uh, you have the option to go to LA, San Diego, or uh, Tucson, Arizona. And LA and San Diego were both 8 a.m. appointments. Um, and, you know, they're big cities, especially LA, where you're going to yeah. have to fight traffic and shit. Yeah. So I was like, I don't want to do that because I'll have to go the night before. And then I'll have to, like, you know, I know me. You never made it. Yeah. I don't, I'm not going to wake up at 6.30 to go to the passport it, place in LA. At least you're self-aware enough. Not yeah. So I was like, option. let's go to Tucson. Yeah. Uh, 12.30 p.m. appointment. There's no traffic. Southwest flies direct. 30-minute Uber from the airport. Easy like, game. We're good to go. So we rock and fire on the Friday 1230 appointment. I get there. 
I'm early. It's like 1210. Tell them everything. They're like, you're not in the book. I'm like, what do you, what do you mean? Of course I am. Here's my paper. Yeah. I have paperwork. <laughs> That's right. And she looks at it and she goes, this was yesterday. Oh my. <laughs> I'm like, fuck. God damn it. Ow. Uh, of course. But fortunately, because I went to Tucson instead of San Diego or LA, they had they're not that busy. Right. And they're like, they, they gave me the also whole. Also another reason to get right. there. They gave me the whole, like, oh, let's see if there's anything we can do. It's like, I'm looking around. There's six people here. <laughs> you can take my passport. Yeah. So they, they fit me in. They got me the passport. Everything was fine. And now I'm good to go to, uh, to the land of the French Canadians. All right. Get to see Emma. I haven't seen her in a while, so that'll mm-hmm. be fun. Well, hopefully. Uh, she actually lives in Quebec City, which is annoyingly far. Bundle up. Yeah, I hear it's cold. Yeah, well, I want to go snowboarding while I'm there, but people are saying it's like zero degrees. I don't want to snowboard in zero degrees. No, that doesn't sound fun. No, I want to snowboard in like 32 degrees. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just on the cusp. Yeah. Right on the cusp. No big deal. Um, All right. Let's get to uh, what do we want to do next? Let's let's uh, let's get to a little maybe in the muck action. A little mucky. Little. It feels a little mucky out, Mm -hmm. doesn't it? It does. It's mucky out here. All right, you've graciously volunteered to be in the muck you know, today. You know, we just can't get out of the muck. Actually, I'm not really in the muck that much in this hand. Uh, I, this I, one's interesting to me. I, I, yeah, I'm, well, I'm not in the muck because, you know, I won the hand okay. and everything. But Spoilers. Spoil, well, they're, they're about to find out real quick. Okay. But, uh, you know, I wanted to uh, defer to you, defer to the wizard mainly to see how I did. All right, walk uh, us through it. Okay, two three game. Uh, we got one limp as always. I ISO with King Jack. I get three bet uh, to forty. Comes back around to me. I obviously have a call. Uh, pretty good board. A lot of equity. I check, and now he comes with full pot, and I decide that I just want to push my equity, and there could possibly still be some. You know, some fo- some fold equity here, so I think the best move is to just uh, just go for it. I'm never I'm never folding my hand. Okay. So, so we we rip it in mm-hmm. and pretty quickly folds. Okay. Um, this one's interesting to me mm-hmm. because I think there are a few ways to examine it. Uh, first, there's your hand. Right. You can't really do any wrong. Right. You have a combo draw. Right. Exactly. Um, combo draw. There's. There's a lot of money out there. Worst case scenario would be like him showing up with like queen, ace queen, queen of ten diamonds. of diamonds or ace queen of yeah, diamonds. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking I was like because the, the the queen was the non diamond, so I'm just like, man, if he just has ace queen of diamonds here, that sucks. Just one one combo. Um, older, older gentleman. Um, I played with him a, a handful of times. He he three bets pretty nutted. Obviously, okay. like 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 you know most of the the player profiles in the game. Um, so it's, he's not going to show up with the queen, 10 of diamonds there. Okay. Even like king, queen of diamonds. Oh, I have the king of diamonds. Never mind. Um, yeah. So like, like he, really ace queen of diamonds is the only hand that really has me in like a lot of hell. Okay. Uh, be that as it may. Um, the other angle to look at this from is what are you doing with a queen? Which queens? Well, 
Your strongest queens. Yeah, ace queens. Uh probably I'm probably just calling. Yeah, see it's weird. What about kings? Uh kings is probably gonna be a four bet pre. Okay, so you don't even have kings. What about aces? Uh yeah. Aces maybe it's aces sometimes I, I trap. Um it's the hot card of the month. So right, right. Gotta yeah. see the no, flop. that's very important. <laughs> uh, what about Jack 10? No diamonds. Yeah, like Jack 10 spades. Uh, with the Hearts, back door. clubs. Hearts, clubs. Um, that's the nuts. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm definitely not shoving. Okay, what about queens? Pocket queens. Nines, eights. Yeah. Probably not shoving those either. Yeah, so I think we're arriving at a bit of a problem here. I, I see that. I see that. Um, because right. what do you... You know what? Actually, you know what? Um, sets I might shove. Okay. Yeah, especially eights and nines. Yeah. Eights and nine. I was thinking... Actually, I was thinking that. I was like, I might. I would shove eights and nines here, I think. Um, because, you know, I think, I think there's times where he does call. Obviously, he just has aces and kings and just calls it off. And the board is going to get kind of like, you know, there's a lot of bad cards for, for those hands on the turn that I want to kind of get the money now. So, like, I think, I think with, like, hands like that, I'm, I might just, uh, just go for it. Okay, so a couple follow-ups then. Do you play call with anything? Um, let's see. I think I would play call with, uh, man, funny because with, hmm, I don't know. I'm not really sure. To tell you the truth. I guess we are in the muck. You're in the muck, buddy. <laughs> You're deep in it. Uh, that, yeah. That's I no mean, joke. Right. Yeah. So the way that I would look at this spot is that you flop very hot and cold equity mm -hmm. in general with range. You're not going to have a ton of marginal decisions. Mm -hmm. uh, your most marginal decisions will be hands that include a jack or a 10 mm -hmm. that are relatively naked. So like if you have a hand like 9-10 of spades, uh, queen jack of hearts. Jacks. Uh, jacks are a clear fold. Oh, yeah. A, like that just, you have to know that jacks and 10s are both just a pure fold to pot facing pot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Even with the gut shot. Yes. Yeah. Right. And that's why I don't think you can bluff so to speak with king jack of diamonds here uh, and i i feel as though the wizard will have my back on this one mm -hmm. but basically like when we face pot um nothing really good can come from jamming in the sense that what's the point of jamming king jack of diamonds here like what's your purpose behind it that that um i can get him to fold a better hand what's the better hand ace king right so now he has to pot or, with ace-king, no diamond, or yeah. ace-king, one diamond. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously fold, which he will. But, like, this isn't a board that really pots ace-king, even if you're OMC and that's your only bluff. Yeah. Right? But if he does pot ace-king with no diamond or one diamond even, um, you still perform better by seeing three streets. Right? Because your equity versus ace-king... No diamond, one diamond is like a flip, right? So you can't really have that many bad things occur mm -hmm. um, where like, I guess like, you know, there's some 
discussion of like equity denial to jacks or tens that he misplays. Yeah. But you block jacks, um, and your equity against tens is like you're a small favorite or flipping, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like the only real thing I see here is that people jam because they panic. They realize that they're facing big bets and they think they're going to be denied their equity on later streets. Uh, I, 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 that wasn't my thought process. Well, what if you check turn on a deuce of clubs and he jams? Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, you have a fold. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But like, one, that's okay. Mm-hmm. You can just have a fold even yeah. with a combo draw. Right. But two, I'm not even advocating for not raising. I'm advocating for not jamming. Well, I thought that like if I raised, then I was just going to leave myself with like an awkward stack. It's impossible. What do you mean? Well, what am I going to make it two hundred the SP- and then leave myself two hundred back? I would. What did he bet? Eighty eight. He bet eighty five. Eighty five into, into, into like ninety. Yeah. Yeah, two hundred at most. Right. So that. So now I'm just going to leave myself. So I bet half my stack. Yeah, like you just too easy. That would just leave. Is that two e? Yeah, but it's it's going to be third pot raise. So like he bets full pot plus your call, yeah, means that there's now three pots out there, and you want to raise mm-hmm. a third of that. So, so I, it's literally I, I thought a about raising, and I was like, well, if I raise, then I'm just gonna leave myself with a like an awkward stack of like two hundred. If I bet two hundred, I'm gonna leave myself with like two hundred behind. I should probably just shove and and put max. Pressure. What's wrong with the awkward stack? I guess is my question. Um, I don't know. I thought you didn't want to have yourself like leave yourself like weird SBR spots. Well, on. Yeah, if this is king seven deuce, you don't yeah. want to create a weird, awkward SPR spot because, like, what are you raising with? Mm-hmm. Right? Where are your bluffs coming from? Yeah. But for him, it's like you you both are fighting for the same equity share mm-hmm. where, like, he's going to have a lot of hands that have a 10 or a jack in them as well. Uh, you know, he could be drawing dirty to the... Like, he could just have ace jack with a diamond. And though that hand is beating you and your equities yeah. not running that close, there's a <clears throat> lot of cards that you just, like, stack him on. Yeah. Um. And more importantly, like, I think that if you're just ever so slightly deeper, so, like, you guys arrived at this flop where, um, you know, I think that you were... Five, SPR five. A little, little less. A little less, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it was, like, an SPR of, like, four and a half or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're in an SPR of, like, six, jamming is just, like, you're lighting it. Yeah. With everything, no matter what you jam, you're just lighting it. Because if you're jamming for value, you're just like torching your value. Mm-hmm. You're not getting paid. Right. And if you're jamming as a bluff, semi-bluff, like you're just pushing way too much equity with that range mm-hmm. to be investing that many chips while getting, like you're just letting him off the hook, right. basically. Yeah. Right. He just yeah. gets the snap sets, yeah. sometimes over pairs, and then just like fold a lot of other stuff. You're kind of not... You're you're giving him too easy of a decision, right? And like, what you're do you not do? making any of his hands like indifferent or, yeah. or, or in a tough spot? And it's like, just what like you... all his nothing folds and all his yeah. It, it's so much better of a shove if you have king jack of spades, mm-hmm. but it's a terrible shove if you have king jack of spades mm-hmm. for the same reason or for like different reasons, <laughs> right. right? Because like now he can just call you with with hands that are free rolling you yeah. or whatever. The point is, is that like king jack of spades actually uh, earns something through the jam, even if you got like seven six of diamonds to fold. Yeah. That's a those hands just don't exist though. No, of course not. But I'm just saying, like that's that's a big win where you're getting like a really high equity hand to fold. Mm -hmm. That's that's not really going to be the case though. Whenever uh, you know we're examining like what happens in theory land here. Mm -hmm. So uh, I haven't looked yet, so we don't know. We don't we don't have the the whiz result yet. Okay. Uh, So we don't know how they feel about. According to your analysis, 
I, I don't feel good about it, but sometimes the whiz surprises you. I think you're pretty deep in the muck. I also don't the think it does surprise. I also don't think that like you're torching money by shoving because your hand is so high in equity. Right, right. But that, I, I think you'll see what, that the strategy I, loses EV. Yeah. So like I, I did kind of feel that way where it was like okay, like I, I didn't know, like I, I really, I really didn't know exactly what I should do, mm-hmm. but I thought shoving can't be that bad like I, I thought like here's a question my hand so much it has did so you much ever equity. consider leading <clears throat> no you told me not to break flow in the <laughs> academy so uh <laughs> um no i didn't so this is actually kind um, of a cool spot especially i mean you know i gave him a theory range but that is a good like with that board and me with my range yeah that that probably is a good yeah i gave him a theory spot. range but if he's tighter than theory this yeah, becomes an yeah. even more advantageous board for He's you. He's much tired in theory. Right. So, like, he probably just has no Jack-10. No. Right? And he probably Definitely doesn't not. have nines or eights or nine-eight suited. Right. So, when he's devoid of all of those, this yeah. becomes a much more Honestly, he board might not you. have ace-queen. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I for mean, all those yeah. reasons. Maybe like, maybe he does have the ace-queen suited, but. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. It, I mean, like, that does make leading a viable option. And mm-hmm. you can see that, like, your strategy actually leads here about 20%. Wow. And it heavily mm-hmm. leans on hands like King Jack. And, Jack. Yeah. and notice it's, like, pretty split between, like, King Jack of Diamonds is the one that leads the le- least. Just because of the... It's equity realization properties, mm-hmm. right? Like, King Jack of Diamonds will naturally realize its equity because mm-hmm. it doesn't care if it's all in or not. Right. But the other ones struggle to. So they want to kind of just, like, lead... Win sometimes uncontested. Right. And then if he just jams like on you, it's an suited. easy fold. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but you forewent that option, which is fine. Now, because of SPR here, uh, and because the texture does offer you a lot of equity, mm-hmm. you can see that his strategy is actually just small. Right. Yeah. So uh, all those hands that you were targeting, like the ace kings with one diamond, uh, they're pure bets, but they're pure bets for small. So like ace diamonds. Uh, king of spades is like a pure bet mm-hmm. right but it's for quarter pot yeah I, I was surprised to see the full pot come in right and like you know we could see this is a this is a relatively wide range um if we if we like paint his range i guess well let's see what happens in theory first uh so if we adjust his sizing to include a pot size bet oops there we go I imagine it's still not going to happen, so we're probably going to have to lock where it's his only bet size, if I had to guess. Yeah, no surprise there. Mm-hmm. Really tough to see like a mix between quarter pot and check and then find a then, big bet. Yeah. Uh, so I bet check goes up to like 80%. Yeah, okay. So 88% now he has to check back. Right. If he bets full pot, which is now only happening very sporadically with very, very few hands. There's some ace king in there. There's a little bit of ace-king there. Yeah. It probably is ace-king with and one diamond. Uh, yeah, it's mostly ace-king. Ace-queen was in there, I think. So you're actually correct. I, I'm, I'm a little surprised. hey uh, <laughs> Again! <laughs> Again, we did it. You. Oh, I love when Berkey's like, I don't think you should do this. And we go to the wizard, and the wizard's just like, listen, Brian, you're just like a GTO god. Give me that fucking green check mark. There it is. <laughs> uh, not with your hand, though. God damn it. So give me the X. <laughs> yeah. So in all reality, uh, you still you still screwed the. Why you gotta tease me like that? You were only right in that uh, you do get to play jams. Uh, so you yeah. do get to play jams, and you were right. correct. Like nines uh, are one of the areas that you want to do it. Yeah. Eights are not included here, but it's because we're giving him like hands like nines in range, which he won't have. Yeah. Um, and then you'll see like 
hands like 10-9 suited play pure shove, which you're not finding. Right? Mm. Probably just not finding that. Uh, Queen Jack. It's a tough one. Queen Jack mixes between jam and call. Mm -hmm. uh, Jack 10, pure jam with the exception of back door and mm -hmm. front door. Is this if he has a... A theoretical three bet range. Yes. Okay. So we can look at a tighter range, mm -hmm. uh, and I, I suspect that we'll play less jams whenever that becomes the case. But you can see that your hand is just like a pure call, and again, it's because of the equity aspect, right? Like even queens is mixing jam when it doesn't have a diamond because it frees him up to having queen x of diamonds, right? But um, you know, we don't see any like shoving with ace queen really, a little bit, but not much. Yeah, shoving with ace queen doesn't really accomplished a lot i guess huh uh yeah i mean like you know your bluffs are coming from 10-9 where you block sets and have straight draws mm -hmm. uh and you don't have really enough value to counteract that so like then you just bluff ace 10 of diamonds also yeah right these are like high equity hand low equity hand but both have different properties that suit you so like this will have this will allow you to have some flushes in your shoves or, or sorry flush draws in your shove range but it's important to have the nut flush draw because now you can get him to call off with hands like king jack of diamonds, mm. king queen of mm -hmm. diamonds, queen 10 of diamonds, whatever. Yeah. Or not queen 10, I guess, but uh, queen jack of diamonds, things of that nature. Uh, and then you can see like king queen doesn't really play jam. Ace queen doesn't really play jam very often, just very small frequencies. Uh, and then you're like forced to fold the rest. So I, I don't think that this is super surprising from like what I was saying in the sense that uh, you you're only going to be jamming over a pot size bet with hands that feel like they need some level of protection. Because now if we look at the response for his range of like what's supposed to call and what's supposed to fold, I think it's just going to be like pretty intuitive. Whoops. Sorry about that. Um, whoops. <laughs> yeah. 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 We know. We Whatever. Know. He deserved to know there. Um, Cause he probably did overfold here to be quite honest, but uh, nevertheless, um, his calls then are just like queen X plus Jack 10, obviously for the nuts and then, uh, sets, but he also has to like pure call his diamond draws. Mm -hmm. So ACE 10 of diamonds, pure calls ACE four of diamonds, the little frequency that he has of it, pure calls. Uh, he doesn't really have that many diamond draws. Ironically, King 10 of diamonds has to pure call. Uh, if he had King Jack of diamonds, of course it would pure call. Everything else is just like, uh, you know, pair plus, and then aces actually mixes. So ace five suited's not in there, but ace four is? Yeah. It's just because of positioning. Gotcha. Um, but you can see that aces actually mix versus this jam. So that would be where you would actually pick up some fold equity in theory. Mm -hmm. But like he's probably just never folding aces. It's funny because I, 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 I thought that too. I was, like, I was like, would he have ever just folded like aces or kings here? I was thinking I have like... A set or straight it would seem it would seem to be quite yeah. wild mm -hmm. if that were the case yeah um all right let's paint his range a little bit for um something that we would consider to be too tight yeah i would say like jacks plus give him like jacks plus and ace queen plus okay that's very so like tight pretty close but, to this yeah okay I think this is going to change the strategy a lot. I, I don't, you know, I, I don't know for sure. Maybe he, you know, sometimes he maybe he does have tens. Maybe he does show up with like, ace yeah, maybe Jack. I don't. Well, know, we'll see. But yeah. Uh, now you get to lead a lot more. Yeah. Obviously, that makes said. sense, yep. and you get to lead bigger because he's just very unprotected. Right. He, he's just kind of fucked to having one pair. Yeah. Um. Now you can see that again. It's like fifty-fifty between betting and checking, but it's still small. 
if we adjust this to a hundred percent pot, I imagine he's going to almost pure check. Might be like 90% check. Yeah. Okay. So it actually checks a little bit less, um, but nothing really bets he at does, a high frequency. It does bet some ace king. Yeah. It's always going to be uh, with a diamond. Mm -hmm. It's going to lean very heavy into that mm -hmm. um, because it blocks like your raises and whatnot. Right. So now whenever he leads for full pot, now I'm right. Ah, yes. I win again. You win again. Exactly 2E. 33% pot. As I said, that will be the only race size you would play. Ah, God man. bless. Let's fucking go. I'm the exploit king. Good job, Burke. This is how it works. So when he's heavily narrowed to that upper left, and right. you know that like he's pretty capped at not having diamonds. Mm -hmm. He could only really have like ace queen of diamonds exactly. So mm -hmm. it's pair plus anyway. Um, and then over pairs, your equity is just running so so close with any hand that you're going to invest money in mm -hmm. that you just get the race small. And the reason for that is because you want to have King Jack of spades in there. You want to have King Jack of hearts in there, right? Uh, actually, I'm wrong about that. No, I'm right. King Jack of spades raises. Wait, why did you lose King Jack of diamonds? Why did this appear? I don't know. Oh, because you just probably pure lead it on the flop. Oh. I bet you do. Must, Yeah, huh? pure lead. Wow. Interesting. So uh, it's that is that is just a pure lead right there. Let, yeah, but let me let me take the lead out. Yeah, that might change things a bit. Yeah. Now I bet he does check back more frequently. Yeah, hundred percent check back. Yeah. God, I'm good at theory. Who knew? Who fucking knew? Who knew? Um. All right, let's. Uh, I guess we we just have to node lock. Mm-hmm. All right, let's. This is getting fun. <laughs> I hope you're all enjoying yep. this demonstration of GTO Wizard. <laughs> right. As I see it. Uh, so basically what you want to do is you just want to give him some betting frequency here. Mm -hmm. um, so let's give him close to what it was before. Let's give him like 15% bet or yeah, about 15% bet frequency. Um, lock and continue. Wait, why did only lock ace king as a bet? <laughs> Maybe you have to give him... Uh, sorry. Well, when you just give him pure? Uh, I was overwriting all. Oh, okay. Right? So, um, but yeah, we, we can just do like 10% on everything. We can just do it that way too. Uh, uh whoops. God bless. So sensitive. All right. Set strategy. Boom, 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 boom. Good. Okay. There we go. All right. So now we're going to have him bet pot with basically the entirety of his range at a small frequency. Mm -hmm. um, and now, again, you're only going to play 2E. Okay. Right? So, as I said, uh, oh, okay. So, so it, uh, basically, it um, is switching um, your strategy a bit now. Oh, okay. Right? So now it's leaning a little bit more heavily on the, on the equity. Like you see King Jack of Spades is a pure call. Um, whereas mm. like it just wants to front load everything that's high equity. So like all the diamonds raise. Uh, I was what? wrong though. Jackson tens actually just become pure bluffs. This is where like you start to pull your bluff from is like pocket jacks, pocket tens. You raise two E and then, oh. uh, you know, you basically just find yourself in a situation you where you were saying fold those. I thought these would be yeah. pure folds. Yeah. Right. But it's, it's a byproduct of the way his range is constructed and how he's supposed to respond to raise. So like when we look at what his response is to raise, mm -hmm. uh, you can see he jams aces and Kings 
as well as like jacks. Yeah. So when you have jacks, you just muck those. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you have like, look how much fold equity you have against Ace King. Yeah. Right. Like right. he has to find a mix between call fold and raise mm-hmm. with Ace of Diamonds, uh, King X, yeah. and then he just like folds everything else. Yeah. Um. So like Jacks now plays really well as an equity denial play and the ability to realize if ever he finds a call with like top set of queens uh you know pocket tens which now you're ahead of Mm -hmm. things of that nature so like if he calls let's say river just stone brick let's see how much of your range you're jamming you mean turn yeah on the turn yeah Yeah. uh so yeah like you're basically jamming hands that uh are really high in equity so like king jack of diamonds is ripping ace jack of spades Ace Jack of Diamonds is actually checking the call, which is interesting. Um, this is if I raise 2E on the, yeah, on the flop? Yeah, yeah. It's okay. a little bit less than yes. 2E. Uh, I, my math was a little bit off, but right. it's really close. Um, so, yeah, like you're jamming it's like... It's basically a click. Yes, it the, is a click. It's, a, it's exactly it's, it's a click. It's exactly a click, right? Because yeah. he, he bet 30 blinds, I, I make it 60 blinds. Correct. So, yeah, so I guess that's what I was saying, how like, oh, my stack is kind of awkward. It feels awkward, but like, it's not that awkward if I click. Right, which is what I was... Less awkward, right? Yeah, that's, that's, that's basically what I was insinuating because what it comes down to is that this is what tournament players get so right. Sorry. Um, they understand how to play these super low SPR spots out of position mm-hmm. and they don't just lazily default to being all in, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's kind of the way that we used to play. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think things have changed to the point now where, especially if you're able to have like some level of clairvoyance over your opponent's range, you see how much more difficult the spot was if he's wide, yeah, right. If he has a lot of hands to choose from, well, now we actually do have some fold equity through the jam mm-hmm. that is uh, worth examining. Um, and more importantly, like it, it actually speaks to the thing that you were most concerned about, which is being denied your equity on future streets, mm-hmm. right? So that's why some of those hands play pure jam. But again, even still, king jack of diamonds, pure call for a couple of reasons. One, you don't want to just get snapped by hands that have you in bad shape, like ace queen of diamonds. Yeah, right. And then two. Uh, you want to be able to have future all-ins on the turn if he goes, like, pot on flop, quarter or third pot on turn, which isn't a super viable strategy, but it is an option. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and lastly, you want to be able to improve, right? right. So, like, you're going to trap some jack-10s. You want to have some hands that complement that. Uh, you don't want to just, like, freely be allowing him to jam on all turn cards, regardless of what they are type of thing. So... Um, yeah, I think this is a really fascinating in the muck uh, as far as like ones that we've had to choose from in the sense that there's uh, a much lazier way to go about this, I guess, if you uh, if you know how tight his range is and mm-hmm. jam anyway. Yeah. Um, and it kind of goes back to like what we prefaced with where I just think you're letting ace-king type of hands off the hook. He just lands on the turn and he's lost, you know? Uh, and that's that's generally a pretty good thing for you. Um, but in any event, I think that this is a good one to look at. If you it, guys... it was a fold, oh sorry. Oh so, yeah, yeah go so ahead. like so like if I I do call with, with my exact hand, so they got the king jack of diamonds. Yeah. And then um, I it pure calls right his pot size bet. Yeah. And then the turn is like like a brick like deuce, a deuce of hearts. Deuce of hearts. Yeah. And he and he, he just jams, or he bets pot again. You're it's just a fold. Oh wait, I need to uh it it's it, it's an issue because like your hand either leads. Right. Either pure leads mm-hmm. or it pure raises versus pot whenever you know what his range is. Oh, okay. Right? 
So now I have to lock it again. Oh, that's right. Sorry. Sorry. Right. It is. Yeah. Right. Um, so I should be, I should be leading. And then, and then when he, when he responds with a call to my click, it, it's just a jam on the turn. With King Jack? Yeah. If you raise. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm pretty certain. Yeah. yeah. I think that's what it said. Yeah. King Jack, pure jam. Ace, Jack of Diamonds, like pure checks to, to trap. Yeah. Um, but if you chose to just call your hand instead and it turns to deuce of hearts. Oh, wait. I, I need to note block. You actually continue with some King Jack of Diamonds. Oops. Get me out of there. Um, so yeah, let's see if, uh, let's say you want to continue with like 25% of King Jack of diamonds as a call. Oops. That's not what we want. There we go. Almost there. Got it. Okay. So let's say you want to play King Jack of diamonds that way. Well, you're mostly raising, but sometimes you call. You continue through a call. Turns to do some hearts. I'm guessing you're just going to lead. Mm -hmm. I'm almost guaranteeing it's a pure lead. You lead half of your range, so that would make sense. Yeah. Yep, pure lead. So like, no matter what, you're always front-loading aggression with this type of hand. Mm -hmm. um, it's really just about like how to navigate these low SPR spots. And people who are like really studied in tournaments will be much better at this. Right. People who are studied in cash will default too often to the jam mm -hmm. and just kind of be lazy about it. Um, I think that these are fun spots to like really lean on your creativity and try to figure out how you can extract the maximum EV because you can't do any wrong. So that's it. it it's funny because it felt lazy. Like right. jamming felt lazy, but it also felt like this can't be that much of a, of a mistake. And now if I try to like get creative where I'm not probably not studied enough in this spot, I can, I, I can lead myself down to making a bigger mistake. Yeah. That's kind of what I, that's, that's fair. What was my feeling in the moment? That's very fair. Yeah. It's extremely fair, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that like, it's a spot that should, should encourage more study mm -hmm. because you can create these all the time. Like three bet pots where the SPR is four or five and they just put a wonky bet. I, I will say that like when a, when a bet comes out that just like doesn't exist uh, as like a good size, Responding with aggression, in my opinion, is not bad. That's, yeah. But I would also have just clicked. Mm -hmm. Because I know that I'm doing whatever I want to do with my hand anyway. Yeah, right. right? It's like, I could just click and he calls and then I can, I still have full equity on the turn and I yep. make more money. Yeah. Um, all right. If you guys would like to submit your own personal in the mucks for us to cover, head over to our Discord channel. You can find that at our Solve for Why Twitter account, at Solve for Why TV. It's the pinned, uh, it's the pinned comment. You can get the link there. Or... You can just hit hashtag Discord in the chat and get the link there. We're always looking for new in the muck submissions. Big shout out to our uh, Discord community. They've been doing a great job. We've had a lot of fun in the mucks to look at. Uh, and regarding the quad queens one last week, I know everybody was like, this isn't a real hand. I'm kind of sus. Don't be. Uh, there was confirmation by many people at the table in my DMs that this hand did in fact happen and is absolutely no joke. So, um, big shout out to GTO Wizard. We appreciate you as always for sponsoring this uh, little in the mug segment. And I hope you guys got something out of Lamanda just getting dragged through it one more time. Right. You know, just, yeah. just living in the muck, bro. I mean, I'm the only one out here in the streets. So, that's right. You know, if somebody else would play some 
fucking cards. I wouldn't have to be the one in the muck all the time. Turtles out there mucking around. <laughs> uh, but hey, you know what? My game's improving. Good. I, I get I get uh, the the GTO wizard to just tell me what I did right or what I did wrong every time we do one of these things. That's it's, true. It's only going to help my game. That is true. It, I I do promise you, it will only help your game. Um, all right. I, I know that, you know, the, the title and thumb of this was, we were going to talk table image and we are, um, but we're going to spend a little bit less time on it than I think we initially intended to. And that's just kind of okay. Um, let's get into this discussion a little bit because with the Academy having just ended, I know that you can attest to this. One of the biggest, uh, or most consistent things that we have to talk about on day one is the notion of table image. And it's not just your own perception of yourself but it's also how you perceive others and uh basically what derives off of that um i always find it to be a little bit why is guapo calling me i don't know he called me too i don't know he said something about wanting to be on a zoom call oh would berkey like to challenge himself to a zoom call challenge myself yes i don't know what that means that means would you like he i think he's saying he wants to oh like try to figure out how to bring one yeah Oh man! Right on the fly, right on live. We're here, we're here live, and he wants to. Uh, he, you know what? He deserves to do this to me. I've yeah. I've definitely done this to him a time <laughs> or two. Uh, yeah, Guap, we'll 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 get you in here. Um, I like that he calls you as if you're just gonna like. <laughs> you're in the middle of doing a podcast live on the air. Well, let me just pick up this phone call real quick. I know. Uh, all right, let's see. <laughs> let me open the Zoom. Oh all man, right. Zoom is open. We're gonna do it. We're getting we're getting Guapo back. Uh, Maybe. All right. Well, in the meantime, yeah. let's uh, let's keep talking about this until mm-hmm. uh, we figure out what the hell's going on with Zoom. Um, far as like the uh, I, I guess the the image thing, if you will, um, it it's it's something that like I I like to refer to it as noise. Mm-hmm. And not because it's not worth anything. I actually think it's worth a lot. I probably put more stock in it than uh, I think most people do. Um, but it's it's an issue in the sense that I was talking to a friend about this the other day, and the the problems that I think arise with uh, I guess like building strategy off of what you perceive your image to be or what you believe others to be projecting out to you is that you forego logic and reason mm-hmm. for stereotyping and emotion. And, yes. and for what it's worth, like I think people are relatively good at this. Like It's how we survived to get to this point in life, right? But in a game of deception and imperfect information where our jobs are to manipulate the little tidbits of info out there in our favor to uh, persuade you into making errors, I think it becomes a bit of a fool's errand to start your strategy there. Right. And to be fair to everybody else, like, well, if you're kind of lacking uh, in-depth study and the ability to, uh, you know, kind of dig deeper into the game from a theoretical standpoint, what else is there? Right? So Mm -hmm. all of us pretty much learned through intuition how to play the game. Right. It just becomes a matter of how much is that serving you once you start to get more studied. Uh, Now, there are going to be plenty of field players out there who never look at a single chart. They'll never dive into uh, a single wizard sim. They aren't going to care about really how the game operates in theory land. They're going to freestyle their way to wins and losses 
and they're going to ha- be happy doing that. And I, I, you know, more power to them. Like, I respect that. I love that aspect of poker. I love that the game is changing again to where freestyling is much more encouraged um, just based off of game dynamics, you know, adding a lot of these carnival games like stand up uh, and, and all the other things that you could potentially work into it. Um, I find all of that stuff to be pretty fascinating. And I think it does like bomb pots or another one. I think it forces people to logic on the fly yeah, and get back to the roots of leaning on what they've observed through all these countless hours that they play and using that as a layer of information now over top of whatever they understand at a theoretical level, like the, the heuristics and the, the principles that they lean on. Right. That to me is one of the toughest players that you're going to come across in a live environment. Somebody who leans on theoretical principles to make logical decisions, but doesn't ignore the layer of observation to, uh, you know, kind of like understand where to deviate off of theory and uh, make more precise decisions or, um, you know, maybe, maybe harvest some EV in situations where theory is kind of giving it up because they don't recognize that the variables have changed so much. Right when ranges tighten, we can't look at a sim that has the ranges be looser. You saw what just Unless happened. You know right, you saw <laughs> right. what just happened there. You had right, to do it. Right, right. If if his range is super tight, your response strategy is now wildly different mm-hmm. than if his range is wide. Right, exactly. And the issue is, if you only study that spot once and you just look at like what it's supposed to look like in theory, if you have this opening range and he has this three betting range, but in practice, his three bet range is like significantly tighter yeah well now all of a sudden like the strategy that you were able to derive even if you were looking at it only through a first principles lens of okay well basically what's happening here is from a principle standpoint i need to realize my equity right so i just get to be all in because i have a lot of high equity hands that want to realize yada 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 right if you're even just looking at it from that lens and you try to apply in real time well it's not that you're making errors because you're just pushing high equity and that's fine but you're letting him off the hook in a way that an alternate strategy would not for making the big error of betting pot, Mm -hmm. right? And I think that that is where intuition can be highly tuned or finely tuned, I should say, once you actually have some comprehension of what general theory looks like. And the reason I say this is because intuition will be what allows you to now purposefully change the ranges that you're up against, right? With some degree of confidence. Now you can't ever fall down the trap of saying like, he absolutely doesn't have this, this, and this, or he always has that, that, and that, right? But if you're an intuitive person who pays close attention, it's very easy to weight things and say like, "Uh, I've been playing with so-and-so for a very long time. And when he takes that action, he tends to be a lot, like he tends to gravitate a lot more towards the bottom of range than the top, that type of stuff, right? Now, how does all of this play into table image? Well, you, you kind of spoke about this off air a little bit. Maybe you can uh, reiterate like what your perception of, of table image actually is as far as like how it's perceived. Yeah. So I think like it, for me, it's like a, a kind of like a baseline. I start with a baseline, right? So it's like you see an older gentleman who, you know, usually they're, they got their coffee and they're probably 
going to play tight and not three bet that much and, you know, play nutted ranges. And then you see a young kid and you think like, okay, well, maybe he might be more aggressive. I, I kind of start there and then I adjust it as uh, they're you know, based on their frequencies, right? So like sometimes a guy will sit down and I'll be like, this guy's going to be super tight. And then like a half hour in, I'm like, he's not super tight. He's, he's out there, you know, uh, mixing it up. So, um, and it, and also the opposite, right? You think it could be a young kid who's going to be aggressive and then he ends up being very, very tight. So I think I, I don't, I, I base the table image off of, uh, frequencies more than I do, um, you know, just how, how they look or, 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 you know, how they hold themselves at the table. Right. And when you're talking about these frequencies, um, how I, I guess what I was trying to draw out is like, okay, so you observe the frequencies, but like who they are matters physically, right? Yeah. Like you're still going to derive a lot of conclusions based off of like wh how they present themselves. Right. Right. So I, I guess like walk me through that, that spectrum of archetypes where it's like, say that you've seen four different people raise five hands in a row. One being like an old man, mm -hmm. one being a, a middle-aged woman, one being a young kid with a hoodie and one being like a very nondescript person, just like very boy or girl next door, plain Jane type. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that, that is true because like, like if, if you see like a, 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 an old old man coffee type raise yeah. like five hands in a row, then, and you don't see his hands, then it could just be, you know, the case of he just got five hands in a row, mm -hmm. right? So that, I guess when I say frequencies, I, 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 th I think it's more than just like a snapshot. Okay. And more of like over the course of, of the session. Okay, right? right. So you more just like feel it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess it's just, you know, I'm, I'm not going to do something based off of a very small sample size. Right. Like, I, I see people all the time will be but like. people do all the time, right? All like, the time, right? It'd be like. Uh, People will be like sitting next to me, like this person, watch me. they raise my they raise my big blind every time. They're targeting me, right? And then the then then <laughs> they're in the big blind, it gets raised, and it's just like I knew it, I knew it. And then they just turn over aces. It's like no, they're not raising your big blind. They just happen to have it the last four times you're in the big blind. Okay, that's the biggest point that I that that was what I was trying to draw out. Yeah. That notion of being it's an emotional like thing. Well, it's more the the notion of like being the center of the universe, right? Mm -hmm. People tend to notice. Uh, and it's really funny, like people project their own certain things. Yesterday, uh, I had a dealer, uh, I was playing heads up and my opponent went to the bathroom and this dealer came in and he goes, I really like your style, man. Like you're, you're not afraid to bluff. Like I deal this big game all the time and certain people are just too tight, yada, yada, yada. And he goes on to tell me like how uh, he remembered this session where I was just picking on this girl at the table, opening on her big blind every single time. <laughs> now I remember this session very well. Once he yeah. told me the hand that he was talking about. Uh, -huh. uh, and it was like, we were playing 100, 200, 400 during the summer. Uh, we had been playing for like 16 hours. The game was off the rails. I was fucking buried. I was down like 150 K. And, uh, you know, one of my friends was also in the game and she was losing small, but like, uh, it, it didn't really matter. Basically it's like 4 AM. We've been playing forever. I'm not raising her big blind. Right. I'm raising everyone's big blind, right? <laughs> I'm so buried. Yeah. I'm playing all the hands. Right. But, you know, I don't want to make a, a value judgment here, but it's like very clear that he perceives something about me and strength and something about her and weakness, right? Mm -hmm. So what he noticed was that like I was picking on her. Right. Right. 
And then he told this hand where I ended up ultimately bluffing her in like 140k pot. And he's just like, he's like, she had a really good hand. You made her fold, yada, yada, yada. And it's like, these are all like very charged words that are driven by emotion, right? Like none of this was going through my head. Right. Right. So it's like, you're just playing your hand. I literally was just playing my hand. I had a very good bluff candidate. Mm -hmm. Uh, I ran it and it was just like a very natural hand to raise. I think I king nine suited. I raised from the cutoff and I called a three bet. And then like, I turned it into a post-flop bluff where I flopped a gut shot and a backdoor or something like that. And it's all just like very strategic to me. It had nothing to do with who was in the big blind. It had nothing to do with like perceiving weakness mm-hmm. because she was a girl or uh, a, a, a less experienced player or anything of those lines. Like none of that matters nor is even true. You know what I mean? It's all just like assumption and stereotyping. People Wait. are so, so quick to go to go that route. Yeah. Always. And, and I'm using the dealer as a third-party intermediary here mm-hmm. because, like, clearly he's seeing the game through colored lens as well. Right. When we have students come to the academy, they're all that person in the big blind. They're all that person who sees somebody that they perceive to be some sort of threat, and they say, he's picking on me. He's mm-hmm. targeting me. He's three bet me X amount of times in a row. He's opened my big blind X amount of times in a row. And like these things all happen and exist at some point, but it's really a projection of some insecurity with oneself, right? And then there's the alternative to that where it's, I'm going to make them fold. I'm going to make them do this. Uh, I'm going to be aggressive for, to, right? So like there's one projection where it's like, you feel like, uh, you, you feel like, the small kid who's kind of getting bullied and picked on. Right. And you want to stand up for yourself and you want to do something about it, or you perceive someone to be a bully and you want to like take Mm -hmm. down the bully. And then there's this other perspective where like you want to be the bully, right? You want to be the aggressor. And usually it's like the exact inverse of what's driving those motives. Right. In, in the instance of the person like feeling picked on, they tend to be like vigilantes of sort. Where they're used to standing up. I don't want to like take this so far as to make it like a social thing or anything, but like they're used to standing up against injustice or what they perceive to be like wrong, right? Mm-hmm. And the person who's like trying to be the super aggro, I'm gonna make them bend to my will and make them fold and all this other stuff, that actually tends to be the person who's like mostly afraid of what will happen if they lose control in any capacity. Yeah. Right. And I'm saying all of this because it's a mental fuck where none of this stuff actually matters. This isn't what using table image means. I mean, it is because there's probably seven other people in the game that's, that are like plagued by this same sort of mentality. Mm-hmm. But the problem is if you try to take advantage of it, it's almost impossible to know which end of the spectrum they fall on. Right. Or if they're just grounded. Right. And just like centered in being very emotionally uh, removed from the game because that's the person that really gets your goat. And the reason for this, uh, I was talking to a friend about it the other day, but when you anchor your strategy strictly in observation, it's already a huge uphill fight because you have no idea what's actually supposed to happen and you have to confidently now execute based off of the limited information you have yeah that's scary because every time you're wrong or whatever the margin of error is that you're wrong in being able to read another person's mind or uh understand the clairvoyance of their strategy that's now your error rate it, it, it you know and like people get this in their mind and it's so hard to break right like uh, like 
Someone will say, like, uh, same situation. We'll be sitting there and be like, oh, they're raising my blind every time. Like, maybe they just had three hands in a row. Oh, no way. No way. Right? They, they definitely, they're definitely coming after me. It's like, I mean, I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> like, you know, like, it's so hard to break that. Once they have that mental kind of, like, situation they they what they think is happening it's hard to break that and 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 go back to like like maybe more of a logical reasoning for why you they raised your hand or they raised your blind uh you know three hands in a row yeah yeah you're right people are people are trying to clamor for answers right mm -hmm. like they want to be 100 percent confident yeah. in things the truth is, is like through observation like you're never going to be more than like 55 60 percent confident in something mm -hmm. But in order to delude yourself into playing this game for a living all the time, whatever the case may be, you have to actually believe that your reads are right. And there are a lot of people, even people that like I still play with today that are winning poker players that just fully derive their strategy off of their ability to read the situation. And I think that the challenge there becomes not only do you have to be very emotionally grounded yourself and get rid of all that noise that I just spoke about right? You have to be able to actually discern what opening five times in a row means yeah. to some degree of confidence, right? How likely is it that he just got five hands versus how likely is it that he got two hands or three hands in a row and decided to keep the train rolling mm -hmm. and is now out of line, yeah. right? And it's razor thin to operate this way. It truly is, uh, it's an important thing to understand why study is so critical. And it's not because this isn't worth something it truly is i derive a lot of my strategies based off of things that i have reasonable confidence my opponents believe but it's with the underpinning of of theory yeah so i don't suddenly start making up my bet sizes or making up my bet frequencies it's i get a little bit more aggressive mm -hmm. or a little bit more passive based off how i think they're constructing right and you know i brought up the academy because we've been very blessed to have uh, a lot of women come through the academy over the years I, I think something in the neighborhood of like a quarter of our attendees uh over the duration of 30 yeah. plus academies we had four this this past one yeah uh so something like roughly a quarter are female and one of the underlying things that we have to address every single time uh that we have a few females in the group is that it matters that you're a female because you clearly are having a different experience than everybody else mm -hmm. and that shouldn't be diminished or ignored so you're you're very correct to recognize that you're having a different experience but it can't be the end-all be-all it can't be the it can't be the nucleus through which we derive all of our decisions from mm -hmm. and so many women who come here that's the starting point it's like the start and the end through which they're ultimately going to make their decisions and and craft their their thinking around and it becomes very problematic because there's a huge conflict often be, between feeling like uh, you want to stand up against somebody that you perceive to be attacking you because they think you're you know, weak in some sort of capacity versus what is theoretically sound, right? You can't always just fight fire with fire. Like, you know, basically, like, I always just try to say, like, let's start with the assumption that everything you perceive is true. Do you think your counters are correct? Right. Mm -hmm. And the answer is almost always no. Right. They, they may not say that immediately or they may not recognize it immediately. But eventually, like we get to the point where it's just like it's no, because what ends up happening is if we examine the footage, we'll see like 
defending way too wide, right? Which means that you're just giving EV to the person that you think is bullying you. Right. Like, why did you call four deuce suited from the small blind? Mm -hmm. It's like, well, because he's picking on me. It's like, then fold more. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, don't give him this free money. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we will counter by having proper hands that we can now three bet. We'll counter by... Uh, you know, finding more aggressive nodes where maybe we're one pip wider than theory would allow us to be. But we're certainly not going to get to a situation where, like, we're just giving up free money because right. we want to get into a fist fight. Yeah. And that's too often what it devolves into, right? Uh, I, I think so many people who are in the live venue just don't really understand the importance of taking it to the next step past intuition. And they're very happy to just rest on their laurels. So uh, from my perspective, that was the big conversation I wanted to have with regards to the table image. Mm -hmm. What about uh, if you're the tortoise? I mean, yeah, I, 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 I agree pretty much with everything you said. Um, I, I think that, yeah, like it, you, you do have to pay attention to everything that's going on at the table because people are going to play certain ways and and people are gonna play different and you have to adjust your strategy for that but I, having the baseline um you know the baseline strategy to always uh fall back on is, is the good is the starting point that you want and then everything else can be adjusted from there yeah yeah i think that's true um <laughs> i uh i want to i want to put a pin in it just with like one final point of um, don't, don't misunderstand what we're saying here and implying that what you observe is not true No, or, yeah. or not worth something. Oh, it definitely is. And of course it is. For sure. Of course it is. Right. But we can't start painting ranges in Sims. Mm -hmm. Like what you just did with the old man who's three betting you, right? Right. We can't start with that. No. We can't just say like, oh, he three bets too tight and just mm -hmm. like give him the upper left. And, and I did say too, it's like, I, I don't know. Right. right. It's, it's, it's an assumption, but like maybe he has nines in this range and I think right. he doesn't. And that's right. a problem. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's very critical to uh, look at things through the lens of, well, what happens if we're wrong? Start right. with what, what if we're wrong first, right? right? Yeah. And then compare it to what if we're right. Mm -hmm. And now we can find some sort of like average between the two where we're not giving very much up, right? When you do that comparative analysis at a, at a theoretical level, what you'll find is that there's a lot of overlap where if you're wrong, uh, you can still take a strategy that doesn't lose you all that much EV. And if you're right, you gain a bunch of EV. Like right. you can put yourself in free roll spots where it's mm -hmm. like, okay, well, if I'm wrong, I'm still just taking a zero EV node. But mm -hmm. if I'm right, I just start fucking printing yeah. in this node. And that's like a really powerful method to really how to approach live in my opinion, right? Because this is what data analysis does, like MDA for online, where they create a bunch of pool tendencies and exploits. And they basically say like, okay, if this then, like if P then Q type of, of response. But what's not spoken out loud or, or the thing that goes unsaid is that what they're really saying is like, uh, if P, then Q will print. If not P, then Q will break even. Mm -hmm. right and that's really fucking critical yeah because now it takes a, a very sharp person to kind of counter exploit you where it's if not p and they do something else then you get wrecked right type of thing uh and that that's that's just like not a super common thing that you're going to find all that often all right we have a special guest oh my here. uh we did it i think we did it 
Uh, Guapo. Guapo, are you there? Hey! He's connecting to Can audio. Can you hear us? Okay, connecting check, to audio. There, you are. there he is. There he is. The man behind the mic. How are you? You look like you're in a basement somewhere. Actually, your mic look, or your uh, camera looks great. Yeah. Huh. Oh, maybe it's, it's just my phone. I'm getting a decent connection right now. Hey, listen, first things first, Matt, get the hell off of my WhatsApp. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I don't know how. <laughs> Dude, like seriously, get how off do my you leave, WhatsApp. How do you leave yourself logged in like yeah, that? Yeah, come on. Did how you, are you not on you, Telegram? Did you not, did also, you not learn the lesson from on, when Berkey leaves? And, and yeah, you, you saw what Poodog did to my Twitter, right? Yeah. Also, um, turn on uh, virtual camera on OBS if you get a chance. It's on, no? Yeah, okay. it's on. It's on. Uh, listen, in a, in a different... <laughs> In a different circumstance or in a different universe, the amount of content we could have over what has just transpired over the last 90 minutes would be so amazing. Um, but maybe in a different world. I, I got to tell you, I'm heartbroken to hear it, uh, as I'm sure is the audience. Um, but how, how are you enjoying uh, your, your little getaway? Dude, it's, it's so nice. It's so nice. The toughest part of this whole thing is probably the, the plane. You know, having to sit still for like 16 hours is pretty fucking brutal. Um, you look but once spry, you get here, man. You look well rested. You look like you're on vacation. Dude, I, I, I feel great. I feel great. Everything yeah. is so inexpensive. The people are great. The food is great. Um, everything is just, uh, I needed this for sure. So I'm going to come back. Uh, okay, you're coming back. It didn't yeah. sound like you were coming back for a second. Yeah, I was afraid you <laughs> got, got wifed up or something <laughs> over there. No, 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 no. Um, but we are doing the. Uh, we're gonna do the baby elephant thing tomorrow, and I'm sorry, what? <laughs> no, that's not a segue for you to <laughs> make no, an inappropriate like joke. You, like these baby you, elephants like, sit on you, you or something, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So <laughs> we're gonna do that. Yeah, yeah, okay. It should be interesting, but uh, I, Sounds I, I like look when I got tucked into the elephant guys... walk in college. <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> That's uh, that's the uh, Joey Ingram uh, big girl grind back in the day, uh, but we won't talk about that. Okay. <laughs> what, uh, you guys, you mean Andre didn't fly you first class out there? You had to, you had to sit in economy with all the first class. They stuffed me in the fucking bathroom, brother. <laughs> Honestly, the yeah. bathroom seemed more comfortable than economy. It, it, they probably will. I think on the way back, I'm gonna have to try that. Bro, you're so rich. Just please, for the life of God or love of God, just upgrade to business. You'll appreciate. Honestly, if ever there's anything to spend a little bit of money on, it's a pod to fly 16 hours back. I swear, you'll get it back. You're in the Jewel streets now. You know, it's one week at the Jewel. He we'll said pay for your entire. He trip. said he's gonna bump it up to two, three when he gets back. See, now we're talking. You'll get it back in yeah, three it, days. Honestly, that that that's probably very sound advice. Um. It is so hard. It's hard to do anything for 16 hours, let alone have to sit still and then feel shitty about having to get up to like go take a piss or something because you got to wake two people up. I didn't sleep at all on the flight. Like all I was doing was just concentrating on not getting blood clots in my legs. Jesus. Dude, I'm just getting so old. It was it was pretty bad. Man, I when I flew to Australia, um, we we got pods like reasonably cheap. I think round trip was like 2,800, which. I don't know what your experience was in economy, but if you're not willing to pay 1400 one way, like you're way tighter than I realized. Because uh, <laughs> that's a drop in the bucket. Like, I can't fathom how people sit, like just sit. I, I can barely take a four hour flight without wanting to die. Yeah, I, it's brutal. 
I took a Z-Quil when I got on the flight, and I woke up in fucking Melbourne. <laughs> that I'm was it, to, man. I'm going to have to try that, because not sleeping... Um, not sleeping is just tough just because the flight is even longer. Um, but I did look at what first class was. Obviously that's much different than business class. And it's like seven grand to fly first class business, I think is like 3,500 bucks now. So prices have definitely changed. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, maybe, uh, I don't know, man, maybe, 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 uh, you, you get a job out there switching a podcast, <laughs> see if they can, <laughs> As, as much fun as I've had out here, I definitely miss doing the pod. I definitely miss being back in Vegas. I miss the jewel. I miss Brian. Don't yeah. worry, Brian. I'm going to get you out of the muck as soon as I come back. I'm sure I'll have plenty of hands. You better hurry because um, I'm getting really good at this. Uh, yeah. Another day or two. I mean, I did forget to unmute the mics today. Okay. I, I wasn't going to call you out, but I was going to say that. <laughs> Please come home. But, but listen, I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, I'll be back in a few days and uh, just looking forward to being back and seeing everybody in chat. All right, well, absolutely. Well, it's been great, great it's hearing great from you. Great seeing your face. Uh, you know, take it easy with those baby elephants. Don't do anything I wouldn't do out there, big guy. That's right. We'll we'll see you soon when you get back. We'll do. I'll see you guys soon. All Safe right. travels, Guap. Later, Guap. All right, the old Guapo. He looks great, man. He does. He, I telling you, he's man. Got a he haircut. Looks, looks like he's on vacation. He's just yeah. looking good, What's looking relaxed. The, the kid needed it. Listen, this guy works harder than anybody I know, and. Uh, he he definitely needs a little little R and R. Little R and R, you know, man. Mm -hmm. What I wouldn't give. <laughs> what I would. What, what's the second R for? Uh, re recuperation. Relaxation, maybe. Relaxation. Hmm. Yeah, rest and recuper. I don't know. Who who? You know what? It's just nice. It's just nice. Yeah. You're too busy. You can't. Yeah, you would know. You get to lay on your bag every morning. Oh you know? yeah. Whenever you're not doing that laying second workout. On, laying on his bag. <laughs> Mm -hmm. All right, we're going to get out of here. But before we do, I uh, want to remind you guys that we do have our Twitter Tuesday prompt. So head on over to the Only Friends podcast Twitter account. That's at Only Friends underscore pod. And the question here is, who has the best dating profile? Uh, and I'm going to run you through what, what we have as an option real quickly here. Uh, oh, let's see. We got, okay, let's see. We got. Melissa, nope, we got me first. Oh, oh god, no. wolf. That is what the wolf. Hell? Then oh. Melissa. Okay, the bob cut's interesting. The mm -hmm. cat is a lot. The cat is definitely a lot. <laughs> yep. Okay. Conrad yeah, Conrad's mid slap. He's up there. He looks like he's shitting. Landon's is a winner. Yeah. I mean, he's so goddamn endearing. Look at him. It's painful, honestly. It is. How does he do it? Uh, hopefully, Landon gets back here soon too. I believe he's in day two of the Florida Seminole main event. So, good luck to him out there. Mm -hmm. Thank you guys all so much for tuning in and being a part of this uh, weird, weird strat chat type of show we had going on today. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with Twitter Tuesday. I believe we are finally going to be joined by Melissa if she's not actually she's passed alive. away. Uh, rumors are she passed away, but we'll see. <laughs> we shall see um again that's gonna do it for us we'll be back 11 a.m tomorrow pacific join us then don't forget to like comment subscribe we'll see you all then peace